soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. And that brings us back to chapter 28, where in verses 1 and 2, God is reaffirming, of chapter 28, reaffirming the sacrificial system that he's given to the children of Israel. Now, he gave them the sacrificial system there at Mount Sinai some 40 years before. He did the census, and everyone over 20 died during the wilderness wandering. They're on the back end of the wilderness wandering now. They're on the plain of Jordan. They're about to go into the promised land. Everyone that's over 20 has passed away except for Joshua and Caleb. It's a new generation. The new census was done. It's the reset for a new generation that's not the one so much coming out of Egypt, but the one that's entering into the promised land of Canaan. And in this backdrop, we're right on the cusp of Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, Moses expands the law, expounds on the law for over 30 chapters. And I cannot wait to get to teaching Deuteronomy in here in just a few weeks. But still here in Numbers on this historical narrative in the last few months, we read about of that wilderness wandering, how after these victories over Sihon and Og and these things, as they're all there, that God reaffirms the sacrificial system in a summary. Now, the book of Leviticus is a a more detailed account of it. But here in 28 and 29, there's... These two chapters are part one and part two, a reaffirmation of the daily sacrifices, the weekly, the monthly, and the seasonal sacrifices for the nation of Israel for their entire existence with him in their covenant known as the Mosaic Covenant. So with this backdrop, we read the beginning of this reaffirmation in verses one and two. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command the children of Israel and say to them, my offering, my food for my offerings made by fire as a sweet aroma to me, you shall be careful to offer to me at their appointed time. This is the introduction to these two chapters. And as we went through these chapters Tuesday night, verse by verse, we saw, I encourage everyone to look at certain words that jump out, and some of you certainly did that, and I pointed out the ones that stood out to me. But from this opening statement where God says, command the children of Israel, say to them, After he says, be careful to offer to me at their appointed time, he says later on in verse 19, talking about the Passover, he says, be sure that they're without blemish. So we're told to be careful to offer to the Lord at the appointed time. And then we're told in verse 19 to be sure that what is offered is to be sure that they are without blemish. And then in verse 23, we get this statement, you shall offer these besides the burnt offering of the morning. So tonight, as we think about the commandment of the Lord concerning the sacrificial system for the nation of Israel, which always points to Jesus, we see the statements, be careful, be sure, and besides. And we want to focus on these three phrases tonight in the fullness of their sentence structure the context of their verse, and the overall panoramic view 
of these two chapters with this reaffirmation. So again, picture the next generation. They're a younger generation. They were all under 20 when the spies spied out the land. They've grown up in the wilderness. They've been born in the wilderness. And they're, they're just a younger generation. And it's their time. They've, they've waited for the opportunity. And it's their time. And God is reaffirming to them, look, I told the previous generation, this is what you'll do when you get in the promised land or even in the wilderness wandering. They're gone. Now I'm telling you. So God doesn't change, right? We're told that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And of course, in the context, this is the Mosaic Covenant, and we are in the New Covenant, and the Mosaic Covenant is a shadow of things to come, but it's fulfilled in the life, the ministry, the death on the cross, and the rising from the tomb through the life of Jesus Christ, his ascension to the right hand of the Father, and the promises of his his soon return. We understand that. So contextually, we know that we're looking at a different covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, but it's a shadow of things to come. So all these animal sacrifices that are encompassed in these two chapters, they all point to Jesus one way or another. And in the sacrificial system, God was very deliberate and very varied in what he did. So in these two chapters, reviewing what he says and what we study verse by verse Tuesday night, he emphasizes, first of all, the daily offering that there was a daily offering in the morning and in the evening. There was an animal sacrifice in the morning and the evening, which just points to us that God has a daily experience. God's a daily walk. The atonement and the covering for our sins and forgiveness, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and give us this day our daily bread. It's a daily thing to walk in the consciousness of God from sunrise to sunset. Jesus sought the Father early in the morning. David said he'd seek the Lord early in the morning. David said he meditated upon the Lord in the nighttime and the night watch. We know that Daniel, he three times a day was his custom to open the window and face Jerusalem and seek the Lord three times a day, morning, midday, and evening. We can presume that was the template that he followed. Jesus told us to abide in him and he'll abide in us for apart from him we can do nothing. We are meant to have a daily dependency upon the Lord. So in the sacrificial system, the daily sacrificial system was our need for the Lord daily, which Jesus affirmed clearly in John 15, talking about, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you abide in me, you'll ask what you will, and I'll answer those prayers, and you'll bear much fruit. And as he went in the context of the Mosaic Covenant, where Moses covered the daily sacrifice twice a day, then he went to a weekly sacrifice, the Sabbath sacrifice, which was in verse 9. So once a week, there was a Sabbath sacrifice that's different from the daily sacrifice, not to be confused. Then in verse 11, there's a monthly offering. So every time you start a new month, there was an offering as well. So you had a daily offering twice a day with the Lord. Then you had the once a week offering on the Sabbath. Then you had the monthly offering. And then you had the special offerings of the feast. So Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, they go together. First of first fruits, Pentecost. Then you have the Feast of Trumpets, Tabernacle, excuse me, uh, Feast of Tabernacle, Yom Kippur. So the primary feasts were in the spring, and then the latter feast was Yom Kippur in the autumn. And these feasts were very different. Think about this, because we need to lay this foundation for us as we think about the application for us tonight with be, be careful, be sure, and be, you know, besides this, that these feasts were different. Passover was, you're saved by blood. You're under the blood, and Unleavened bread is you got a sanctified life. You're set apart. That was the lesson of Passover. But first fruits is the lesson. is like God's our provider. Like we acknowledge the Lord with our first fruits. First fruits is a completely different lesson 
We're under the blood and we're set apart with Passover and Feast of Unleavened Bread. But first fruits is like, hey, God's our provider. He's our provider. He, he's going to take care of us in all things that we ever face. He's our provider. He's, he's the one. Give us this day our daily bread, the Lord's Prayer. He is our provider. And first fruits tells us that. So that, hasn't to do, that has nothing to do with blood and sanctified life. That has to do with like looking to God as our provider and the provision for our life. He feeds, like Jesus said, he the, he feeds the birds of the air and he clothes the, the lilies of the field. And he's, he's got us. So don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll wear. All these things the, the, the non-believers worry about. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And these things will be added unto you. But then the trumpets is moving toward, the Feast of Trumpets is moving toward really the kingdom age. And then Yom Kippur is a, a solemn feast. It's a, it's a time of affliction, we're told in the context here later on, if we had gone verse by verse. So that Yom Kippur is affliction. It's not under the blood, although blood was involved in Yom Kippur, the scapegoat, the two scapegoats, but it's an affliction. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a confession of sin. It's, it's, it's taking inventory. It's making things right. It's not getting saved and being under the blood. It's going forward from being under the blood and getting the forgiveness and cleansing that comes from that position. We have faith in Jesus Christ and we're declared righteous. In Adam all sin and die, but in Christ all are made alive. So we pass from death to life because if anyone be in Christ or a new creation, all things have passed away, all things are new. So that's what it means to be under the blood. We've passed from death to life, positional righteousness. But Yom Kippur is more like the practical righteousness where we don't live a perfect life and we have an ebb and flow and we make mistakes and we don't do what we should do and we do what we shouldn't do. And so there's that forgiveness. And Yom Kippur speaks of that sinful nature that we all wrestle with as First John says, if we say we have no sin, the truth's not in us, and we're a liar. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us from our sins. For our, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So Yom Kippur is that once a year we go like, whew, it's like the fresh start. It really is the reset with the Lord. That's what it represented. So these feasts were very different. And again, the Feast of Trumpets was speak of like when the kingdom age comes and righteousness covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. So all these feasts in these sacrifices had different meanings. They had different purpose. They had different symbolism and application to the people of covenant. So keep that in mind as we think about the application overall from these first couple of verses. So let's go back to these first two verses with that in mind of chapter 28 where the Lord says, command the children of Israel and say to them, my offering, my food, my offerings made by fire, sweet aroma to me, you shall be careful to offer them to me at their appointed time. And again, verse 19, be sure in the context of the Passover that they are without blemish. And then again, verse 23, you shall offer these besides the burnt offerings. So the offerings are all about the Lord. They are from the people of covenant to the Lord, according to the commands of the Lord, with variation day by day, twice a day, once a week, a distinction, once a month, a distinction, and the different holidays in the springtime and in the autumn. And they all had a purpose. And they all had distinct details. Even the next chapter, 29, had the distinction of the bulls. Remember Tuesday night, how the bulls, they start out with this many bulls, they end up with that many bulls over seven days during the tabernacle offerings with that associated with that feast. So now as we come to this, we realize it is... There's been a new census. There's a new generation. It's a reset. They're even going to have a new president. Everyone loved Moses, right? I mean, if you can't trust Moses, who can you trust? He's like FDR or something, right? I mean, he's just, he's just a great president. Like Moses, I mean, he got mad at the rock, and we know the story there and all that. And, but, I mean, Moses, like, how do we replace Moses? 
But Moses, he's going to die on the mountain on this side. And the new, there's a new commander-in-chief, Joshua. At the highest level, there's a complete change of leadership in human government, under God's government, for these people. And that gets my attention. New census, new generation, new leader. A new census, a new president, new leadership, right? I mean, seriously, like, you understand what I'm saying? But they were under a covenant with God. We're not, America's not under a covenant with God. So you need to make that distinction right away. This is, but we can relate to this. Like, you're like, well, I like Joshua. I didn't like Moses. He seemed like he got mad pretty easy, right? He's the old guard or whatever. Like, you just, yes, these are human beings like us. They're people of covenant like us. They had different opinions about Moses. They had different opinions about Joshua. They had different opinions about Eliezer putting the javelin through the couple caught in adultery, right? Like, they all got different opinions, just like we do. And they talked about in their tents, just like we do in our cars or whatever. So what do the people of covenant do? I'll tell you one thing. You can change the census who's in it. You can change the generation who's being counted. And you can change the president. But you know what? You can never change God. And you can never change his law. So let's make that clear right now. Because chapter 28 and 29, it doesn't matter if Joshua's leading or Moses leading. God's law is the law. And God's word is the word. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So all these other things can change. God doesn't change, and his word doesn't change, and his law doesn't change. So for us, as we think about the body of Christ going forward in 2021, nothing's really changed because we're under the lordship of Jesus Christ. His word is a lamp unto our feet, and his word is what guides us. And we're saved by grace, and we're walking by faith, and we're trying to grow and be fruitful and faithful, even, again, as Jack was leading us in worship and some of the things he's praying for us. That's us. Those songs are very, that's the great commission that we're singing about. So let's think about these three things. Be careful to offer to me at their appointed time. Be careful. Be careful. That's a pretty strong word, isn't it? Right? Verding, be careful. Like your parents say, hey, be careful when you're driving dad's car to the, you know, the first day at work when you're 17. You say, hey, be, hey son, be careful with the car. Or, you know, your daughter's going away somewhere like, hey, going away to college. Hey, be careful. Make good decisions. You know, when you're leaving them at the dorm, that kind of a thing. Be careful. Or when you have a newborn and everyone wants to hold the newborn and mom's like, mom doesn't want to let you hold the newborn. Like, you wonder why. And if you even get a chance to hold the newborn, it's like, hey, hey, be, hey, 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 be careful. Or you surfers, when you got a new surfboard, hey, 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 be careful. You know, like, you put, you know, there's more, more dings happen putting a board in and out of a car than in the water. That's a, that's a fact. Okay. And for me, I got all those free surfboards for all those years. But, you know, about 20 years ago, I had to start paying for surfboards again. I mean, sooner or later, it goes that way for everybody. And uh, first time I had to buy a surfboard again since I was a teenager, I spent like 200 bucks. It's a great deal. You know, like I got it for the price it cost Mike Barron to make it. But you would have thought we'd brought home a new baby. I brought home a new baby from the hospital. Because, I mean, that, that Mike Barron made that board. It was like 15, 16 years ago. I live in Christmas. It's like, and I was like, oh, oh, hey, 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 Timmy. Hey, Timmy, don't touch the board, man. Like, I, you know when we say you, it cost you something? I paid $200 for that surfboard. I used to break them for free, like go through boards like there was no tomorrow back in the 80s. Like, no, listen, in 20, in 20 you know, 2008, I, I'm like paying 200 bucks for a board. Like, no one touches that. Hey, be careful. That's the idea, be careful. We think about different things, be careful. Hey, be careful backing up. That's, we have ideas in our mind, be careful. So God is saying, be careful. 
Not with the baby, not with the surfboard, not with the china or backing up the car or going away to college or whatever. He's saying, be careful to offer to me at the appointed time. So offer to me at the appointed time. So it's interesting because there's actually almost like two applications here. Be careful is one, but in the context, at the appointed time. So he's saying, be careful to do what I'm calling you to do at the appointed time. Be careful how you handle the board. Be careful when you back up. Be careful to make sure you do for me at the appointed time what I've told you to do. So on the daily sacrifice in the morning, in the evening, be careful to do it. On the weekly sacrifice during the Sabbath, be careful to do it at the appointed time. At the monthly sacrifice, when you turn your day planner over on Monday to February 1st, hey, be careful to do what you do on the... So on that Monday, it's like you got the daily sacrifice, morning and evening, and you've got the monthly sacrifice. So pay attention and be careful to do what I've instructed you to do, commanded you to do at the appointed time. And we talked about this on Tuesday night as well, but... For some reason, I feel like the church in 2021, or particularly 2019, in 2020, it kind of sifted that through a little bit, but we like suggestions. We like principles. Seven principles for your godly life. We like to be, you know, on mission with certain things, or we want to be intentional, like we should be intentional with these verses, like no, we need to obey these verses, and intentional might mean the same thing for somebody, but it might mean something completely different for someone else, like intentional for some people would be like, well, optional, I should be going after my goals, I should be on a diet, I should be saving my money, but you know, I'm intentional, but sometimes I do what I don't, that's not commandments. God hasn't changed, and his word hasn't changed, and even though the context is Mosaic Law, Old Testament, the principle, the idea is like, God's like, hey, be careful to do the sacrifices that I've given you at the appointed time. So we'd ask ourselves in the body of Christ tonight, what should we be careful about? Like, if we're, what, what careful the appointed time? Well, from these sacrifices, chapter 20, 29, we know that the relationship with the Lord is 24-7. So be careful to keep abiding. Be careful to seek the Lord in the morning. Be careful that other things don't take your attention first. Be careful that news on TV or news on the internet or news on your phone or emails coming in or texting. Be careful those things don't supplant the place of the first love of Christ first thing in the morning in our lives. Be careful you do the morning sacrifice and that precedes anything else that's coming. I cannot stand it when I'm just trying to get my morning devotion going and you get the ding, ding, ding on a text or something. It's like, oh, what is it? Is it something for dad? Is it something for my sister? Is it something with the church? And he's like, you know what? It, it can wait. And we're learning that. That is to be intentional. Be careful to keep the appointed feast. So the principle in the New Testament be, be careful to keep the first things first. And since Jesus is our sacrifice, that we might have the relationship and abide in him, we need to be careful that we keep Jesus first at all times, as best we can, proactively, day-to-day in our relationship with the Lord. Be careful that Jesus goes to work with us. Be careful that Jesus is in the car with us. Be careful that Jesus comes home with us. Be careful that Jesus is with our lunchtime conversations. Be careful that Jesus is with us in our best moment and our worst moment, because the day will bring both. Be careful to keep Jesus in the permanent place, or as the Vineyard song written 25 years ago said, Jesus be the center of my life. Be careful to keep Jesus in the center of our life. We talk about being saved by grace. We talk about living by faith. And we talk about having a relationship, not being religion. 
So that's all the more reason for people who say that, who are saved by grace, living by faith, that we are careful to really live that by abiding in Christ. To be careful to keep the Lord first every day, morning and evening. Be careful to keep the Lord first on on the, the Sabbath day, the special day. That church is important. There in the book of Acts, we read they gathered on the first day of the, the, the week, which would have been Sunday. They took the old school Sabbath, which was fulfilled by Christ on the cross. And what the church did is said, Sunday's our day because it's the day the Lord rose from the grave. And so we're going to gather no matter what's going on during our week. And we might be gathering house to house and these different things. But no matter what, we're going to meet in Solomon's porch, is how it began in Jerusalem, on the, on the Lord's day. Not on the Sabbath when all the Jews are meeting, but the next day is our day. And we're going to meet in Solomon's porch and we're going to praise the Lord. We're going to study the apostles' doctrine. We're going to pray together. We're going to strip love and good works. Thus, within one generation... As the New Testament's coming forth to us from that early church, we're told, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves, which is the manner of some, but all the more as we see the day approaching that we get together and we stir up love and good works. Be careful to stay in fellowship. Be careful to keep church important and other believers. Be careful to take the extra steps to be proactive in being engaged in the local church and being engaged in the body of Christ. Be careful to keep the appointed feast at the appointed time. Be careful that Jesus is Lord of the morning and Lord of the night. Be careful that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath day. Be careful. Because some people, they take a Sabbath from the Lord, not a Sabbath with the Lord. So if we're driving on the tent with all of our toys to head to the desert, and people still do that, be careful Jesus is going with you. Make sure he's in the boat. He's with the jet ski. Don't, don't, don't leave him in, you know, Barstow. <laughs> right? Don't leave him in Palm Springs. Or where, you know what I'm saying, the 15 or the 10. Like, be careful. You start a new month. You turn your day planner. Be careful Jesus is over that appointed time. When you look at a month in your day planner like I do, be careful that it all belongs to the Lord. Every day belongs to the Lord. When you look at the schedule in your day planner, whatever you use, be careful that Jesus, the appointed time is his time. Be careful that he's Lord of our time. And you older people understand that we know the greatest resource we have as we get older is not, it's not money and it's not even energy. It's time. Time takes on value because you're on the clock. You're on the clock and time's ticking away. That's why Paul said to redeem the time. The older you get, the, when you're younger, money has value, more value. But as you get older, energy and time has more value because you're losing energy and all the wealth in the world, you know you're going to leave behind. So time is the greatest asset you have and the great, it takes on a much greater value. Be careful. To keep the appointed time. And this is what the Lord put on my heart today thinking about this. You know, it says something about appointment in Hebrews. Also in another place in Hebrews it says, It is appointed unto men to die once and then the judgment. It's appointed to, for men to die once. We have an appointment in time which is our last day in time. And so when the Lord's like, keep the sacrifices, keep the feast, he's saying like, hey, keep me first, keep my word first, keep my priorities first, let my heart be your heart, and, and don't, don't drift away, as it says in Hebrews, like so many do. Be careful. Don't let our love for the Lord be dull. Don't let it be like it says in, uh, to the church of Ephesus in Revelation with the seven churches that you've left your first love. Like you can defend doctrine, you stand for what's right, you hate the deeds of Nicolaitans, but the Lord says, you left your first love. Like we've got to be careful not to leave our first love. And I think most of us are doing really well on this, but this is the application, so we need to look at it and consider it. So be careful to keep the appointed time. For there's a 
It's appointed unto men to die once, and then the judgment. So we have an appointment there. So I would encourage us as we think about, as we continue to go forward in this new year, and the new year is now getting traction, we're just careful to make sure Jesus is Lord of our time. All of our time. Not some of our time, but all of our time. And the sacrifice of Christ for us on the cross and his victory of the resurrection is our righteousness and is our inspiration to just be faithful and having done all, stand. Time. Appointed. Faithful. Stay on point. Stay on point. And then we see, be sure. Now we come down here to verse 19 where it says, it's, it's in the context of the Passover. It's talking about the two young bulls, one ram, seven lambs. Be sure they're without blemish. Now this phrase is used again later on in the chapter on the Feast of Weeks. Be sure they're without blemish, verse 31. And then again in chapter 29 in verse 8, be sure they are without blemish. So this phrase gets used three times. I just cite the first time it's used in the context of what we're looking at here. So be sure they're without blemish. So be careful is one thing, but to be sure is another. So let's think about this second point. Be sure they, that's the sacrifices, are without blemish. Now, since we don't offer up sacrifices, we know that Jesus is our sacrifice being saved through faith. So we don't have to be sure that Jesus is is an acceptable substitute, propitiation on our behalf. The Bible makes that very clear. So whether we believe it or not, Jesus is a sure sacrifice in our place. For the redemption of our souls is very costly. So we, but in our own heart, we want to be sure. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.